Hey guys, welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest for you. We're going to be talking about scaling your business and building a network to grow. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you and we have a, just a great topic and it's scaling your business and growing your network and just generating revenue, hiring your team, investing in other things to grow your business. That seems to be a big problem with, with uh, entrepreneurs who are already set and, and wanting to expand their business. So we have a great guest for you. Her name is Lindsay Wander. She is the creator and a CEO of Worldwise Tutoring. And she's an amazing person. You're going to love her. Please help me welcome Lindsay Wander. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm awesome, man. I'm really excited about this segment because scaling your business is just one of those things that entrepreneurs have uh, that they want to grow their business, but really, really need to hone in on those specifics as to how to do it. Because you can easily just say, I want to grow my business, but then you're like, well, how the heck do I do it? You know, do I hire somebody? Do I build a team? Do I invest more money? Do I raise it? How do I do it? So I really want to delve into that, but first I'd like to find out a little bit more about you as to who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers. So I own Worldwise Tutoring. As you said, I started it um, unofficially a decade ago, and I would say more officially was about six years ago, which we'll get into details Mm -hmm. later. There was a learning curve there for sure. And we work with students of all ages, all abilities, all subjects, in person and online, individual and small group. Um, I have tutors, I have 60 instructors now throughout Illinois and Texas. And then obviously we work with students all over the world. But the whole point of why I founded the business was to teach what's not being taught in the schools. So even though we're helping kids you know, improve their grades and their scores, we're also teaching them the valuable, what they call soft skills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thinking about how they think, um, evaluating their successes and failures, time management, planning, prioritizing, leadership, empathy, all of these things that are extremely important Mm -hmm. for them to have as leaders, but that aren't really taught to them. So it's just so much more than the academics. And and that's something that we really work on with our kids. Absolutely. That's awesome that you were able to create something. Uh, I'd like to know what you started with. Like, did you start out with a lot of money or did you start out with one student? Like what was the, how did, how, what was the, what was the foundation of your, of your business? So, you know, I started as a teacher, I was a classroom teacher. And when I moved from California to Chicago, I thought, oh, it'll be easy for me to find a school that I like. And I wasn't happy at the school I was mm-hmm. hired at. And I decided, you know what, I had been tutoring on the side the whole time I was teaching. A lot of it was just to supplement my income or I was living in LA. So to avoid traffic, you know, to work with kids until traffic died down, but I loved it. It was so rewarding. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just tutor full time, still not thinking I was going to turn it into a business, you know, Mm -hmm. just thinking I would tutor full time. So I, you know, hit the ground running. I took 
every student, I don't care how far I had to commute, how much they paid me, what subject it was. If I didn't know the subject, I teach it to myself. I literally just took everything and used it as a time to learn and grow. And within two years, I had completely outgrown myself. I was working seven days a week, you know, no, no time off. I was working 12 hour days and I was just totally burnt out and overwhelmed. And what I had fallen in love with was starting to become more of a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I started to have to scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of folks, like I said, they have that uh, that issue. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can only be so, in so many places uh, at a time. You know, it's mm-hmm. just uh, there's so many things to think about. But like, I'd like to know, uh, what were the first steps that you made once you realized that you needed to scale? You, you were overwhelmed. You said, I need to what? grow. I needed to hire somebody, build a team. What was the first thing that you did? So because I am a service-based and business, it was all about hiring and bringing people in to actually work with the students because I couldn't, like you said, be everywhere at once. So I needed to actually hand my babies over to somebody else and expect that they were going to um, deliver the same quality of service and mm-hmm. take all of these years of experience I had and still be able to do the same thing I did. And it was hard. And I remember a very specific conversation I had with a friend of mine talking to her about how I was overwhelmed. And she said, you have to hire people. You're at that point. And I said, no way. I don't trust someone to give the same service. I don't want to now have a job where I'm managing people. Mm-hmm. That's not why I did this. I don't want to own a business. Like, I'm a teacher, you know, all of these things. And she said to me, the first one you hire will be the hardest. And then after that, you'll wonder why didn't I do this sooner? And it is so true. And the first was the hardest. I didn't know how to put a job, you know, application out. I didn't know how to even interview people, what to look for in their resume, how to train them, um, you know, how to track their hours. I didn't know any of that. And so it was really a trial and error in the beginning. Mm-hmm. A lot of error <laughs> um, and a lot of lessons <laughs> We'll definitely learned. talk about that, definitely. Oh, yeah. A lot of error, but things that, you know, I made that mistake and, and I haven't made that mistake since. Um, and, you know, the first first one or two were kind of a flop and, you know, aren't with me, but then the third, fourth are still with me six years later. Mm-hmm. So I started figuring it out and knowing, you know, what to look for, how to hire, how to train. And so to you, the point where I was able to bring in 30, you know, in the past couple of months, even. So you, you started with additional tutors. Additional tutors. Exactly. So that was, you know, and it wasn't even until this year I started bringing in extra mm-hmm. staff, um, which I can talk about later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was more focused on bringing in people who could deliver the service while I handled more of the, the management part of it. Of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So at what point did you start hiring the managers once you started to scale? It was this year. So this is the first year that I have realized I am being so bogged down with the daily tasks of invoicing and payment and follow-ups and all of that, that I'm not able to actually do the things that I'm really good at, um, my, my superpowers. And it's distracting me from that. So I've decided, again, it's a trust thing, right? Handing mm-hmm. over my accounting and, you know, all of my emails and all of the information about our students, handing that over to somebody else is a little scary. Um, but I found someone who I trusted and I've started training her on it because I know that that's a necessary next step. You know, I can't do these little things as I get bigger and bigger. I have to be able to hand that to someone else. And it's nice to be able to create a job for someone else. You know, mm-hmm. this is stuff that she enjoys doing the Definitely. tasks. 
I also brought someone in to help with my website because, you know, there's a lot of things I was trying to do on my own through the back end and it would take me five, six hours. And I sent it to her and she does it in 20 minutes and loves it. <laughs> so I just kind of tell myself, you know, I've created um, jobs for other people to do what they love so that mm. I can have more time to do what I love. And it really is a win-win across the board. Yeah. So once you started hiring your managers and, you got your group, your team together, you, you hired your web designer, your managers, which are taking care of your invoicing and your financial tasks. What other parts of the business did you focus on by hiring people and building your team? So, you know, a big part of any company is the brand and making sure that that brand is consistent. And so now when I have all these people out there with their own backgrounds and their own experiences working with kids, I still have to make sure that they're consistent with the brand. And even with my assistant, making sure that, you know, when she's interacting with incoming clients, that she's maintaining some consistency in that process as mm -hmm. well. So really making sure everyone's on the same page with the company mission and, um, are dedicated to the same cause and willing to put in that effort was a big part of it. And it's kind of like what you were saying, it all sounds great, but it's like, how do you do it? So I had to take a step back and really break things down into step-by-step step of what am I doing every single day in my business? What am I doing every single day with my students? Putting that into words so that I can therefore very clearly train the people who are going to be taking over those roles for me. And it was a lot of work in the beginning, but kind of like teaching 101, you know, one of the things we know as teachers is you put a lot of work into the planning, but if you do a good job in the planning, then it really just runs itself. The classroom and the lesson is very successful. So it's mm -hmm. worth that planning. And that's the perspective I have is, you know, put in the work, get everything really organized, really clear. And then once it's in place, now it's just clicks the buttons and I fire things off. Oh, you need help with this? Boom. Got it. You need help with this? Boom. Got it. Mm -hmm. Cause I already have it all laid out. So a big key of that is organization and like taking the time to really get it in a clearly articulated way. But teachers are naturally organized, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> There's some I walked in, I'm like, oh my goodness. But you have to be when you work with kids, you've got to document yeah. and track everything. Mm. And so, I mean, I have spreadsheets everywhere and lists everywhere. And really it's because I'm not in my head, you know, things come in and out. So I have to write things down. But that's served me well, because now it's easy for me to pass it on to other people. And then they have a reference that they can refer to, um, to be stronger and to, you know, improve their own growth as well. Absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you, because, you know, in the military, uh, I'm prior military veteran. And uh, while I was in the military, we always had these processes and these operating instructions to keep things consistent. Do you have something in place to maintain these processes? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Um, I, you know, I recently took a quiz earlier and it was saying that my my why is kind of like the the process and the way and, and I, I do kind of abide by that in terms of intaking clients in terms of monitoring student progress and monitoring, you know, tutor efficiency. There's a lot of processes there. But you know, again, once you set up the steps and you follow them, a lot of the things I've handed over to my assistant, she's like, oh yeah, this, this is, makes sense. It's step-by-step, step. I can do it. And it's been much easier to hand it over than I thought it would be. And I'm still, you know, there's always the learning phase of, well, before you send that email, let me check it kind of thing. Or before mm -hmm. you send that invoice, let me look it over. But now it's gotten to the point where I've seen enough of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're, you've got a handle of it. 
So it's, it's kind of like what I do with my students, you know, I start by modeling it and then I slowly release them <laughs> to mm-hmm. do it on their own and it empowers them and it, it, it motivates them to um, make it better. So there's times that, you know, I'm so close to it sometimes that I don't see a way to improve the process and then bringing in someone showing them my methodology and opening the door of, if you can think of a better way to do this, I'm all ears has Mm -hmm. really actually helped me streamline a lot of things and improve a lot of the processes. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. because you think about the, the overwhelming thought of hiring folks, building a team, putting processes in place, writing everything down, training, making sure everybody does everything right. The ability to maintain quality, that's always an mm-hmm. issue. What is your process for maintaining quality? Communication is really a big part of it. Communicating with my clients, I check in with them regularly. I don't bring them in once and then like never talk to them again. I'm constantly checking in with the students, with the parents, how are things going, checking in with my tutors, checking in with my staff, you know, how, how are things going this week, what can be improved, giving them a platform to say what can be improved rather than just how are things going. Another lesson being a teacher, if you ask a kid, do they understand, they're going to say yes. If you ask someone, how's it going, they're going to say good. <laughs> so no, I ask much more specific open-ended questions, not yes or no. You know, what, what can be improved, what's been awesome, what, what needs to get better, you know, things like that. And then taking that, not personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, using that as an opportunity to improve and grow, which, you know, I've gotten feedback from people that say that they really enjoy that. They enjoy that they feel like they have an active role in the growth of the company and what is happening with their own personal life, you know, how it's making them better too. And I, I, I really think it comes down to just communicating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a great way because, you know, communication, feedback, it helps you and it allows you to transition and pivot mm-hmm. in ways to better your company. Um, I guess what I'm asking is also the quality control of your employees, the quality control yeah. that you have to maintain with your staff. You know, uh, I guess that's that's a good way of doing it, getting feedback from, from your customers. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we get feedback from employees to figure out ways in which we can pivot, so to mm-hmm. speak, you know. Uh, do you have a system in place to get quality control from your employees? I mean, it's probably a little easier in my field because we work with students. And so there's already measurable results that are being collected. You know, if they are a test prep kid, I'm monitoring, have they been improving their scores? I create... Mm-hmm the spreadsheets and I see and check in on those um, with grades, you know, has their grade improving, but then there's also things that maybe aren't so quantitative. They're a little more qualitative, like, Mm -hmm. you know, has the student become more independent? Um, Are they opening up to you more? Are they taking more risks in their learning? That kind of thing that also indicates growth and success in the session. And then a really big indicator for me, and I know it sounds weird, Mm -hmm. but when a parent contacts me and says, the kid's doing great. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> and I know that they're happy with the service because then it's like, but I have a chi- another child I want you to work with or, oh, but I referred my five neighbors, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're happy and they often will come back. I get families. I mean, that I've been working with for 10, mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 plus years. I've been through all their children, but that's a big indicator for me that we did our job. 
um, in empowering the kids to be able to manage their own learning and calmed everything down in the household. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a, a difference of, you know, the data. So there's some like actual numerical data, but then there's just, again, from that feedback where I'm telling things, I can tell things are going well. Mm -hmm. So you have all these systems in place, you have operating instructions, you have your team, you have your employees, you have your managers and, and your folks that are that are working your website and your, your accounting, which God forbid I have to ever do. Yeah. <laughs> and how and the intake and you oh, know, see, look into you got, you got more I mean, stuff. she's doing everything. <laughs> I'm calling her my assistant. I just hand her things. Anytime I have a new program in my head, I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going for this. She's like, I'm on it. Yeah, we call her so. assistant three sixty. Awesome. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, a lot of times, you know, you're you're growing and and you're getting all this this feedback. Are you marketing? Are you investing in in growing more? Or are you still just kind of like taking it easy? Or, I mean, are you like full blown? Let's just market. Let's get this out in the open. Let's start growing. What is it? What step are you taking now? So I'll be honest. I actually, one of the people who I brought on um, recently, or not recently, but this year was a marketing manager. And I put a lot of money into marketing. Um, whether, you know, I find a lot of my clients are on social media. So it was really focused on social media marketing and also, you know, things with my website and events. And I'll be honest, I, I it just wasn't, it wasn't giving me the turnaround oh. that it was worth it. Um, so for me, and I, maybe it's because I'm in an industry where we work with kids and it's more about the, the relationship you have with people than a transaction. Um, it might be different for a product-based industry, but what I have found that's more effective is building relationships with people. And that's actually what I enjoy. And so again, handing off the more tedious tasks to other people opens up time for me to actually get out and meet people and hear their pain points and, create solutions and talk to, you know, I've been doing a lot of networking, which I've been had a really adverse reaction to mm -hmm. before, but now I'm like, I'm see a totally different where, you know, I'm meeting people who are in completely unrelated industries who are telling me and teaching me things to improve in my industry, in my business that I would have never thought they would have been able to help me with. Mm -hmm. But again, having that outside perspective, but then putting me in contact with this person who connects me with this person. And now I just have this web of support mm -hmm. and people who anytime I need assistance with something there, I have someone for you and, and you know, giving me um, leads. A lot of them have led to clients. And so I found that that more genuine marketing, quote unquote, mm -hmm. has actually read relationships and um, improvements in my business and has brought in more success than throwing up a Facebook ad That's awesome. or having- That's awesome because yeah. actually we just did a, we just did a segment on uh, building relationships in, in the, mm. uh, the, we called them dinner, dinner seminars, which I thought was an amazing, I mean, it's not, it's not a new concept, obviously, mm -hmm. but you know, you speaking about you know, building relationships, networking and all that stuff, of course, you know, one-on-one -on -one is always great. So mm -hmm. do you invest, because that's kind of what I'm trying to pull out of you, like what the yeah. investment is as far as marketing and getting yourself out there. Are you investing in some kind of like dinners, events, uh, you know, are you, are you trying to put money towards, uh, towards your marketing, but in a way that's effective? I would say I'm not really putting money towards stuff. It's more my time. Mm -hmm. So I do have a lot of events, but they're free events and there are ways for me to give something to the attendees for free and I actually get clients out of it or referrals out of it. 
Um, so it's my time, which I guess is considered money, but it's enjoyable to me mm-hmm. in terms of just kind of throwing my money at things. I try, I've tried and it just hasn't given me the turnaround that I would want. And so I, and it's not as enjoyable. Uh-huh. So it's been more an investment of my time. That makes sense. That makes sense mm-hmm. because I mean, if you're communicating and you're networking and you're able to effectively present your business and, you know, throw down some elevator pitches and, uh, you know, get the word out. That's, it's awesome. And you, you know, you're growing every day. Every time you speak to somebody, you find out what the pain is, you find out what they're needing, uh, and it helps you, uh, you know, alternate and pivot in the right direction. I mean, ultimately I think. And not only that, I think people are more likely to remember your brand than just scrolling through Facebook and seeing an ad or, you know, hearing something on the radio, they're more likely to remember you when you have a conversation with them and you're listening to them and, you're giving them more than you're trying to get. So, you know, giving them something to try to make their life a little easier. Like I do free virtually proctor tests for the kids, or I have webinars for parents to teach them strategies to do with their kids, you know, things like that, where they're learning or gaining something that's more memorable to them. And then sometimes I, you know, as a client, I might not get them right away, but then a year or two years later, you know, all of a sudden now they come back and they remember who I am and what Mm -hmm. my company is about. We know we talked about all this, all the stuff that you're doing right now, but I want to know what are some of the things that you shouldn't have done? Oh man. (laughs) Some of of your failures. Let's put that out there. I would say my first failure was my company name. (laughs) I changed the company name, but having a company name that people didn't understand, couldn't remember, couldn't pronounce, even though it had meaning to me, um, just was a total flop because it it was hard for people to remember (laughs) for first of all. Um, so that was a big part of the beginning. And then, you know, not really understanding my brand, um, and what made it successful. I'll be honest. It wasn't probably until four or five years in that I really understood why we were so successful. And it was through talking to people and, and getting feedback from them that I learned it. But, now that I have that more focused, I can definitely um, focus in more in the service provided, but also in my message to other people of how are we different from other organizations? Mm -hmm. What makes us so special? That's something I think a lot of people go into it because they're passionate about it and they have like their ideas, but boxing it into a clear message that you can give to others is really key and really something that you could break down to a couple sentences and make it Mm -hmm. super, super simple. Um, Hiring, also I made errors in hiring. I shouldn't have done this because I know better, but I really looked at a person's degrees and said, oh, you have this degree, you must be good, (laughs) you know? And that's really not the case. I know better than that, you know, this is why I teach my kids even, you know, that it's it's more than just that, that thing line on your resume. It's also about your experiences. It's also about your mindset. So I should have taken more time in the beginning to get to know the people who I was hiring as people rather than just what their resume said mm-hmm. was a big part of it as well. And now I do that and I have amazing, amazing people working for me. Would you say that trying to do too many things, offering too many types of service would have been one of those things? I mean, yes and no. I've actually had some people who've told me that I should narrow down, you know, just offer test prep. And 
I kind of disagree. Like I mm-hmm. like being a one-stop shop for families. My, my service is that we can do everything, mm-hmm. um, which is unique because the point is, I don't want you to have a tutor for this, a tutor for this, a tutor for this. So that's actually one of the areas I'm not sure if I totally agree with, because even in my own life, I, I go for people, you know, like my physical therapist also does, you know, this and also does this and also does this. And I love that I can go to her for everything you know, that has to do with stuff. And I have built a relationship with her and I trust her rather than trying to find someone who does every little tiny thing. So I would say focus on your mission. And as long as the services or products you're offering all line up with that mission and you're not spreading yourself too thin, um, that would be good, you know, obviously, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't limit yourself too small. um, Well, the the, the reason why I ask that is that's usually the process when you're Mm -hmm. starting out. Now, Mm -hmm. you you know, obviously you've grown and you've learned. And so you've Mm -hmm. been able to offer more, I guess, a a better array of services. When you're starting out in business, uh, I guess the the beginning part is focus on one thing and then grow from there. And I mean, I guess you could technically say I still focus on one thing. It's tutoring. You know, it's more the subjects or the diversity. I, you know, I had a friend the other day who was saying you should add in a health component to what you do. And I said, no, (laughs) that's not even my mission. I believe in it. And I agree with what you're saying, but that's Mm. not my company. So yes, in a, in a way, you know, I'm very focused on what I'm focused on. Um, but there's also been new ideas that I've had along the years and some have flopped and some haven't, but, um, every idea I always stop and I ask myself, is this aligned with my mission? And if it's aligned with it and I have the, the power to do it, mm-hmm. then I do it. Awesome. That's amazing. So you, you didn't really invest a lot of money. I didn't cause I didn't do a brick and mortar and we go to the students' homes. So I really didn't have much input into it, which was nice and so, less scary. So now that you've grown, do you have offices or are there people, are there people working out of offices or do you have just somebody working from home and, and delegating and, and helping uh, the other tutors? So it's all, no, I have no office. And I honestly, for anyone listening, that, that kind of saved me during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I would encourage you that if you can find a way to do your business without having a brick and mortar, I think it has more longevity to it. Um, us personally, we go to the students' homes or schools or somewhere nearby. So that was easy for us. That was also another model, a business model that I created is to make it more convenient for people rather than having to cart their kids everywhere. Um, it allows us to get to know the families too, which is nice. But no, I still do not have offices and I will never have offices because it has, it just doesn't, it's not effective for us. That's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. And and in mm-hmm. your business, I, I think that that's probably, I mean, that's more of a viable option instead of having mm-hmm. a, an office where you have to pay rent and then you have to, mm-hmm. you know, get insurance. And I mean, I'm sure you have insurance, but you have like, Oh, we need, still need insurance. You need that's to get insurance for, <laughs> yeah. for the building, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm somebody's going to be manning it, you know, so you're going to have to pay an hourly rate for somebody to be there. So yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Or salary, you know, whichever. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely, definitely. So I I think this is just an amazing process here that you've come up with this, this way of of building your business. And I know it's not unique, but, but you know what, you're giving us your perspective, the the way that you, you went about and giving us your experience and your successes and your failures and what you did to build your team, generate revenue. That's what I'd really like to know also so much you're making, but uh, 
maybe we could talk about that offline or if you're comfortable saying it, that's cool too. Um, but it's 2020 has been rough. <laughs> so yeah, no doubt. It's, it's in, it's in flex. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, you know, because when we look at, when we look at building a business, obviously we look at the numbers. We want to know, okay, mm-hmm. this person started their business with zero money down just mm-hmm. their time. And now they're making, you know, six figures. Now they mm-hmm. have two, two, uh, locations and they're all making six figures. So we always want to know that type of stuff, at least the result of, of what's going on in your life. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's what a, what a great, what a great segment. I really enjoyed this. Uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you? My website's a good place to start. So it's worldwise with an S tutoring.com. That's where you'll see all of our services. Plus there's a ton of free resources there for parents and educators and students. Um, and you'll see about a lot of the new ideas I've had recently, like our enrichment classes and our student sponsorship program, those things I chose to do because they do align with the mission. And I have help now (laughs) to actually help me take on these new tasks where before I probably would have been overwhelmed by the idea even of them, Absolutely. but they're all on the website. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, we know we're getting close to the end of the the podcast and, um, I usually like to ask if you have any words of wisdom or some rules that you live by. So one of the things that I've really learned over the years and I've gotten better at recently is to really trust my intuition. And we all have it, that that gut feeling of knowing even um, if something is a good project to start, if this business, we all have, you always have feelings of nervousness, but is that nervousness um, warning you of something or is it more of an excitement or just a kind of just general cautiousness but listen to that, that intuition when it comes to hiring people, starting new projects, expanding, um, forming partnerships with other people. You know, all of these things, don't take things at surface value and try to put way too much logic into it. Also listen to your heart and your gut feeling on it because it won't, that won't lead you astray. Great, great advice. Definitely listen to your gut. Yeah, if I would have mm. done that more, Man. I think. <laughs> I think in I personal be, life and business, right? <laughs> that that and I was I would have invested in Apple when it was uh, when it was like fourteen dollars oh, a well, share. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> because that was my gut. I said do it, and then all of a sudden I can't look at an Apple product without even just like shedding a tear. Uh. <laughs> Well, there you go, guys. Lindsay Wander, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners, and I'm so, so glad to have had you on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Lindsay Wander, all of her information is going to be in the show notes. Be sure and check that out. Also, check out the creativeentrepreneur.net. We are transitioning to the creative, or to, I should say, we're transitioning to creativeentrepreneurship. .net, creativeentrepreneurship.net. So be sure and check out that website. It's still in the process of being made. Um, and so you can always reach out to, to us with the creativeentrepreneur.net or yeah, creativeentrepreneur.net and tcepodcast.net. So we can always check the latest podcast on tcepodcast.net. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.